You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Well, good morning. Unbelievable. It is 2017. Do not blink. It'll go as fast as 2016 did. How many of you just feel like 2016 just kind of flew by? It was amazing to me. Um, I pray that your guys' Christmas went well. I pray that this last week maybe you've been able to have a little bit of downtime. How many of you were able to relax a little bit between Christmas and and New Year's? A few days off, some of you. Fantastic. Um, Our staff was able to do that. We took a few days off this week. And uh, I, I realized something about myself after day one. Tell me if you're a little bit like this. How many of you, after like one day of being still in your home, you start to go a little bit stir crazy and you got to go do something, right? So uh, Monday took the full day off with the family. Tuesday, I was starting to go a little stir crazy. And so I decided I would go and do a little bit of home repair. Now, if you don't know me, you know that is a very bad idea. Uh, me and, and, and being able to fix things, they don't go together. I, in fact, um, have had to have people come over just to hang a picture because I am that bad when it comes to home repair. Um, so it's, it's a dangerous thing. I've, I've asked Bev if I could do so. She looked and saw that our medical deductible had been met for the year. So she said, go ahead. You can do it. And uh, so I went to Lowe's and... Um, and I dress the part because you got to dress the part. Like if you're going to do home repair, you got to look like you know what you're doing, right? When you walk in. So flannels work. Just so you know that, guys, if you don't know what you're doing, wear a flannel. You look like you're Mr. Fix-It. So I walk into Lowe's and tell me if this has ever happened to you. I walk into Lowe's, take care of getting what I need to get taken care of. And I'm walking out and I notice this lady probably mid-50s, late-50s, and she's standing about from me to Miss Betty Stone and a distance, and, and, and she's waving, and she's saying, hey there. Now, I had never seen this woman I, in my life. I didn't recognize her at all. But so even though I didn't recognize her, you, you know what I did, right? Hey, it's so good to see you. How are you? And so I started walking towards this lady only to find out she was never talking to me to begin with. She was talking to the person behind me. How do you recover from that? What do you do? I just like, so, so I'm really like, hey, oh, she's like, good to see you. And I just walked out. And I got to the car and I'm like trying to like, you know, muster up a little bit of my dignity back. Um, and the thought it crossed my mind, I wonder how many believers of Jesus feel that way about their relationship with God. That God doesn't speak to me. That God speaks to others. He sees others, but he's looking past me. Have you ever felt that way in your life? Now, maybe you're going through a season, a a difficulty, and you're crying out to God, and you're wondering, does God still speak? Let me assure you this morning, He does. (laughs) And He speaks personally, and He wants to speak to you specifically. I'm really excited about this um, series that we're going through. It's a just a two-week series. It's based out of a book that Pastor Farrell had read that he really enjoyed. It's called Frequency. It's where we get the title of our sermon series, this two-week sermon series. And it's written by Robert Morris. And my prayer would be this, that in 2017, this year, you would understand, recognize, 
and desire to hear the voice of God in your own life. As I was thinking about hearing the voice of God and why it is that so many people even wonder, does God still hear me? There's a couple things that I thought as to why people wonder and question that. The first thing that I've thought about was, was this, and you may want to write this down in your notes. I believe that people sometimes feel that God only speaks to other people. That God only speaks to other people. God only speaks to those pastor kind of people or those Christian authors or those Christian celebrities on TV. God speaks to them, but he doesn't speak to me. You sometimes hear their stories on television or, or wherever it may be. Uh, it might go something like this. You know, they're, they're saying, I was sitting down doing my devotions at my kitchen table and God spoke to me. You've heard stories like that, right? And you might be thinking to yourself, well, I've sat down at my kitchen table and the only thing I hear are my kids fighting upstairs. I'm not hearing from God. Maybe God only speaks to others. Let me assure you today, once again, God does. He speaks to you. He speaks to you. Look at the person next to you and say, God wants to speak to you. Now say it like you mean it. (laughs) Yeah, God wants to speak to that person. Second thing that I, I find that people sometimes wonder if why God isn't being loud in their voice and, and they will maybe begin to think that God doesn't speak to them is this, is because they feel like they are too much of a sinner for God to want to speak to them. They look at their life and they say, man, I, you know, I, I sin too much. I've got this junk in my life. And, and so maybe God doesn't want to speak to me because I'm just too big of a sinner. John chapter 5, verse 24, Jesus says this, truly I say to you, Anybody who hears my voice, say hears, and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and is not in judgment. They have moved from death to life. Now let's unpack that. Let's think about that for a second. Jesus was saying that you heard my voice and you believed the one who sent me. When did that happen? When you were still a sinner, right? He says, because then you believed and then you moved from death to life. You moved out of judgment into life. So he spoke to you while you were a sinner. Can I ask you a question? What's the difference between then and who you are today? Then you were just a sinner. Today, you know what you are? You're still a sinner, but you're saved by grace. You are a sinner saved by grace. Let me ask you a question, if that's the case. If God would speak to you when you were a sinner outside of grace, do you think he's really going to stop speaking to you as a sinner saved by grace? Listen to me. God loves you. You know, sometimes I look at my life and I, and I go, man, you know, New Year's, January 12th or January 1st, it's 12-11. It's only been 12 years and I've already sinned. <laughs> and I wonder, God, do you want to speak to someone like me? I'm a sinner. You know that God came to earth for people just like you and me. And he speaks to you today. Never fall into that bad theology, that wrong thinking, the theology that says God loves me, but he doesn't like me. Can I tell you this morning, and this is good news for you, God adores you. and God desires to speak to you. Another reason that I think that sometimes people question if God will speak to them is this, is because they misinterpret God's temporary silence for permanent rejection. They, they mistake temporary silence for permanent rejection. 
Have you ever had a season in your life where maybe you're going through something and you're wanting God to speak? You're wanting him to give you direction or vision or an answer to prayer and all you hear is silence? Have you ever been there? It's a lonely feeling, isn't it? Doesn't it start to play mind games with you a little bit? You're wondering, God, I'm crying out to you. I'm I'm praying and I'm, I'm not hearing anything and I desperately need you to speak. We get scared in moments like that. And it's not just you that feels that way. There's this awesome guy in the Bible, someone that I totally look up to. But if I could choose to be anybody, you know, remember that song from the, the 80s about Michael Jordan? Like, Mike, if I could go ahead and sing it. Somebody like Mike, if I could be. Oh, fantastic. Some of you guys know the song. There's, if I could be like David, King David, I would love to be like King David. Why? He was known as a man after God's own heart, right? They said that about him, a man after God's own heart. Listen to what he says in Psalm 28. He says, I pray to you, O Lord, my rock, do not turn a deaf ear to me, for if you are silent, I might as well give up and die. David knew that same feeling that you know, that, that, that feeling of God, I need you to speak, and I need you to speak now, but where are you? Let me tell you something. Sometimes God is doing the deepest work in your waiting. As you're waiting for him to speak, God is doing a deep work in your life. He's he's strengthening your faith. He's strengthening you in maturity. He's growing you even in your waiting. Isaiah 40 says this. He that waits upon the Lord, he shall renew his strength. He shall mount up with wings as eagles. Listen, before we are strengthened, there's first a what? Sometimes a waiting Say waiting. Sometimes God is calling us to wait upon him and to trust him and not to buy into the lie that God has abandoned you. There's a promise that God has given us that I will never leave you nor forsake you, right? We say that often here because it's so important for us to remember that because there are times where we feel like God is not there. But let me tell you something, in the waiting, in the waiting, in the waiting, in the moment that you're waiting for God to show up, he's doing something. He hasn't abandoned you. He's ready to deliver. He's ready to speak. He's ready to move on your behalf. Don't you quit. Don't you give up. Don't you think that he has turned his face away from you and that he has forsaken you? No. God is ready to move on your behalf. But sometimes there's a wait. We have a hard time waiting, don't we? I'm impatient. I can't believe it takes a minute and a half to pop my popcorn. (laughs) Should be done instantly. But we're not conditioned to wait, are we? But God's economy and God's ways of doing things are different than our own, isn't it? And it's in that way. Listen to me. This is a word for somebody in here today. I just feel like the Holy Spirit saying that. Somebody in here today is in a waiting season. And you feel like God's silence means that he has permanently rejected you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because I don't know who that word is for. I want you to look at someone next to you and say, that's a lie from the pit of hell. God is going to move. Listen to me. Whoever that person is, listen to me. I really do believe that. I didn't say this in the first or second service. I believe that there's somebody in here today. 
God is going to move in power and in might on your behalf in 2017 in the waiting that he's having you do right now. That's a promise. Somebody write that down. You're going to need that later. Jesus speaks. God speaks to us. Tozer, I love the way that Tozer puts it. He says it's the very nature of God to speak. It's his very nature. Fifteen times in the New Testament, Jesus says, he who has ears, let him. Fifteen times. Jesus speaks. God speaks. John 8, 47. He who is of God hears God's words. God has a desire to speak to his people. And there is no more beautiful illustration that could be um, shared or stated than the one that Jesus gave about that truth. And you'll find that in John chapter 10. Go in your Bibles, if you would, this morning to John chapter 10. We're going to read verse 11 through 16. If you don't have your Bibles with you, it'll be on the PowerPoint above, uh, above me here. But John chapter 10, Jesus talks about being the good shepherd. And he talks through this parable about being a good shepherd, his desire to speak to his people. And this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Let me, let me share it with you. Verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. If you would, keep your finger there in verse 13. We're going to come back to that. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. That's wild. Think about that for a second. Jesus is saying that the Father and I know one another. In the deepest sense, Jesus and the Father knew one another. There was no even, even the smallest fraction separating the two. Intricately intertwined, they are one. And he says the same thing about you. Think about that for a moment. Jesus is saying, you and I are the same way as the Father and I. Have you ever felt like an outsider ever in your life? Have you ever felt like the last one invited to the party? Have you ever felt like you're just an observer, kind of on the background, you know, on the outskirts? Everybody seems to be having the party and you're just looking in. Have you ever felt that way about your relationship with God? Like, again, he tolerates me. Jesus is saying to you, no, you are my sheep and you and I, we're one. You are the party. (laughs) I sing over you. I dance over you. I rejoice over you. If you're ever in the moment of, of feeling like an outsider or distant from God, go back to this and read it. Because Jesus says otherwise. He says, you and I, we're one. You're mine. Eternally. So I sacrificed my life for the sheep. Verse 16. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold, and I must bring them also. Who is he talking about there? That there's other sheep that are not in this pen, for lack of a better word, and I'm going to go get them, and they're going to be my sheep, and guess what it's going to be? There's going to be one flock, and I'll be one shepherd. Who are those other sheep? Us. 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 At that time, Jesus was speaking to the Jewish people, the the sovereign chosen ones, right? 
that God designed for, that he would show his favor through these people. And Jesus is saying, not only are the Jews that believe in me my sheep, but there's going to be a group of people who are not Jewish that I am going to bring them into my fold, that they will be one, where they will no longer be Jew or Gentile. There will be no longer a difference. If you're not Jewish today, you should be excited. Jesus is talking about you. And he says that you are going to come in. You're going to be mine. We will be one. Now, one of the things that we need to understand, and I'm going to nerd out here for a second. Is that okay? I like to nerd out once in a while. Uh, When Jesus was sharing this almost 2,000 years ago, he was saying it during Hanukkah. Hanukkah ends today. It's known as the Festival of Lights. And and what Hanukkah was is it was a celebration of the rededication of the temple after after the Maccabean Revolt. All that to say this. Jesus is celebrating Hanukkah with the other religious people of the day. And what they would do during that time is they would have reading from the Torah or the Old Testament. Okay? So one of the verses that they would have been reading, one of the books they would have been reading, would have been the book of Ezekiel. Specifically, Ezekiel 34. Write that down. Ezekiel 34. I would love for you to read that this, this, this week so that you might be able to make a parallel. Let, let, let me tell you again. Let me read, just share a couple of verses out of Ezekiel 34, 15 through 16. Ezekiel 34 says this. I myself will tend my sheep. And give them a place to lie down in peace, says the Sovereign Lord. I will search for my lost ones who strayed away, and I will bring them safely home again. I will bandage the injured and strengthen the weak, but I will destroy those who are fat and powerful. I will feed them. Yes, I'll feed them judgment. Go back to verse 13 where I had you holding your finger in chapter 10 of John. He's talking about those very people. The Pharisees would know at that time that Jesus was making reference of Ezekiel 34, talking about them. That they had been given the responsibility of shepherding the people, but they had decided not to do so. They decided to do it for their own gain. They had lost the heart of the people, and Jesus was calling them out. Verse 23 and 24, Jesus went on, or Ezekiel would say this, And I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David. He will feed them and be a shepherd to them. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David will be a prince among my people. I, the Lord, have spoken. There we go again. God is speaking. What Jesus is saying in John chapter 10 in their midst is this, I am that shepherd. What you heard about in Ezekiel 34, it is being fulfilled in your presence today. I am that shepherd, that good shepherd who takes care of my flock. And he's doing the same thing today. Those that he was speaking to then who were hearing his words, we're the same. We should be hearing his words today. And you should be feeling good. You should be, no matter what is going on in our life, you have been brought into his fold. You are received by Christ. And check this out. More than just that, he wants a personal relationship with you. Have you ever tried to have a personal relationship with somebody without talking to them? It's real awkward. (laughs) Really weird. Right? There, There has to be an element of speaking and there has to be an element of hearing. Listen, right? That's a relationship. We are not a part of a religion at all. We've been brought into a relationship with Christ, and he desires to speak to you. Here's some foundational truths before we get out of here about hearing God's voice. These are some important things that we need to know why and how we can hear God's voice. The first thing is this. Our ability to hear God, it's just a part of our DNA. It's a part of who you are. 
have we established yet that God is a speaking God? I'll, I'll preach for an hour. I don't care until you get this. <laughs> it's that important. So yes, God is a speaking God, right? And does the Bible not say that we were created in his image? So therefore, right, we are created to hear from God. There's, there's, there's a DNA that we have within us it's flowing through your veins. We have an innate ability. It's a part of our DNA to be able to hear from God. The, the story is true about the, the shepherds in the Middle East when they bring their flocks together because when you're shepherding alone, it gets pretty lonely, right? Sometimes you want to have some conversation. So different shepherds with their flocks, they'll come together in a pasture land or a grassland, and the shepherds will hang out. They'll talk about you know what's going on in CNN or whatever they talk about as shepherds, um, about how Clemson just absolutely destroyed, destroyed Ohio State last night. Praise God. Thank you. Um, Whatever they're talking about. And so all their, all their sheep are just kind of like hanging out and mingling and, and eating. Now, when one of the shepherds, one voice, he'll, he'll say something like, I don't, whatever shepherds say to sheep, like, hey, you, I don't know what they say. But that one shepherd, he'll say that, and another shepherd might say something else. And, and, and the sheep can distinguish the voices of the shepherds. <laughs> Even though they're all intermingled, then they begin just to follow their own shepherd. It's in their DNA. They're able to listen. Um, cats don't do that. <laughs> I have two of them. <laughs> and I'm like, come here. And they don't. <laughs> at all. Ever. But we have something in our DNA and then we're able to hear the voice. So there, there's an innate DNA in us that can hear God. But also, number two is this. Our ability to hear God is not only innate, it's learned. It's learned. When you had kids and they were little, they, they, they could hear you, but how many of you know they had to learn to listen? <laughs> right? How many of you are still teaching your kids to listen? Right. Kids, how many of you have heard your, your parents say, you need to learn to listen? Right? My kids are nodding their head. Like neck braces are going to be needed after service. But right, we have to learn. We have to grow. We have to learn how to listen. Same is true in our relationship with God. We've got to learn to listen. But not only that, number three, write this down. It also should mature. Our ability to hear from God should mature. It's innate. It's learned. And then it's matured. Well, what do you mean by that, Jeremy? Let me give you an example. Our first pastorate that Bev and I, when we were called to be senior pastors in Las Vegas, we were in our early 30s. And this was one of the bigger church, had been one of the biggest churches in Las Vegas. And because of division, infighting, and a whole bunch of junk, it had gotten down to about 150 people, um, and it was just a, a mess. And so our district supervisor said, Jeremy, there's your first church. I said, thank you. <laughs> and I'll always remember that in my first week, I sat down and had an individual who wanted to have an appointment with me. And so certainly you can have your appointment. We came in, we talked. Now, mind you, this is an individual who was a major cause of a lot of the division and the fighting. Okay, Major cause of it. He sat across from me and he said, "Um, son, let me tell you something. That was his first strike. (laughs) Second strike came real quick. He said, I have preached at this church often in the past. And God told me to tell you that I will continue to preach often in this church in the future. So my response to him was this. No, God did not tell you that because God did not tell me that. Now, there's a reason why I'm saying this. Number one, it's this. There was a time in my life when I was young in my faith where if anybody had said to me, God told me to tell you something, I would have said, oh, okay. (laughs) You know where that works great at? 
Christian Bible colleges where guys like to tell girls, God told me to tell you that we're getting married <laughs> and you're supposed to date me. <laughs> right? And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Youth, don't use that. Millennials, no. Okay. But there's a time where I would hear that and I would say, okay, well, if God said for you to tell you, you hear what I'm saying? But as we mature, we recognize this. God needs no middleman. Come on now. God needs no middleman. Listen to me. I have great people in my life who will come to me and say, you know what? God told me to share this verse with you or share something with you. And you know why I trust them? Because you know what they say right after that? They'll say, so pray about it and see if God tells you the same thing. Listen, God wants to speak to you directly. God does not need to speak through a middleman to you. Does he do that at times? Yes, absolutely. But never substitute God's voice through somebody else for God's voice himself. God wants to, you know what happens when we do that? Bad stuff. When we believe that so-and-so is the ultimate voice of God, and so no matter what I'm saying or thinking, I'm just going to listen to this. Cults are built like that. Destruction is founded upon that. Death is. The beauty of what we have with Jesus is a personal relationship with him. You don't need a middleman. God wants to speak to you personally. Be careful of putting anybody in a position in your life to be the sole voice of God for you. Don't do that. And if anybody ever tries to become the sole voice of God in your life, run. Flee. Get away from that. Listen, Jesus wants to speak to you. I'm so thankful for individuals who do share a word from God in my life. It has encouraged me at times. It has built my faith up at times. But I always know this, whatever word is given to me, God will confirm it, number one, through this. And number two, he'll confirm it in my heart. Did I, did I beat that point enough? Can we move on? Number four. Number four. Hearing from God requires us to take time and listen. You've got to cultivate quiet time with God. If you want to hear God's voice, you've got to cultivate quiet time. Life is busy. Life is loud. We need to find time to spend with God. Jesus gave us that example. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Very early in the morning, he left. And he went and prayed to hear the voice of God. Pastor Farrell, our senior pastor of Grace Covenant Church, oftentimes he'll be up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, praying with God. And you know what I think about when I hear that? Man, that's disgusting and sick. How do you do that at 4.30? I'm praying. I tell him the same thing. There's something wrong with you, man. I remember there was a season in my life where I tried to, you know, I'm going to do that, right? I'm going to get up at 5 in the morning, and I'm going to spend time with God. And I I kneeled down in my quiet place, and before I knew it, I was snoring. (laughs) Drool snoring kind of thing, right? You got to find your time. Uh, there's there's nothing holier about 4.30 in the morning as there is at 4.30 in the afternoon. The point is this. Find your time. Protect that time. 
Don't allow life to steal that time. Because if you allow life to steal that time, you're allowing life to steal the intimacy that God so wants to have with you. Don't allow the pressures of today to take that time because you got to hear the voice of God. Let me tell you something. I cannot do what I need to do. I cannot be who I want to be unless I hear the voice of God. I cannot be moved or changed or shaped or molded or wielded into a weapon in his hands unless I hear his voice in my life. I can't find healing. I can't find peace. I can't find strength. I can't find vision unless I hear the voice of God. What about you? God has so much for you. Do you know where it starts? With a still small voice in your ear. That as you walk, he's behind you and he's saying, this is the way that you should go. Maybe turn to the left or to the right. He's behind you telling you, this is the path. Go. We need his voice. It was, wow. This is crazy. It was 21, I'm sorry. It was, yeah, 21 years ago and 12 hours that um, my oldest son, Austin, who's here from the army and getting to join us, was born 21 years ago. I was 13. (laughs) Different story. And I'll always remember it because he came, he came, he came into this world all funky, crying. Not, not just that, that cry, but like the baby cry. You know that cry? And his head's going all over the place. And, and he's trying to adjust his eyes and he's trying to see what's going on and he's moving all over the place. And I came across from the other side of the room and I was on the other side of the room because I was so scared of what had been happening over there. So I stayed on that side of the room. <laughs> Here he comes out and he's crying and he's going like this. And I always remember this day, I walked from across the room and I got over there and I said, Austin, it's daddy. And there was a peace. He stopped crying. He stopped panicking and his whole head and his eyes turned to where my voice was. And there was peace. And I always remember that day. There are times, and there will be times, where you're going to be panicking. And you're going to be looking around like, what is going on? I've lost my job, or, or my finances, or this relationship is we're going bad, or, or God, where are my health? And, and you're going to be looking. And let me tell you, it's that very moment that God is going to speak into your life. If you'll listen, and he's going to sit down with you, and he's going to go, listen, daddy's here. It's going to be okay. And when, when he speaks, there's peace. He speaks peace over you. And if there's anything, anything, anything that we could train ourselves to do this year, it would be to seek to hear from His voice every single day of 2017. Hear Him, worship Him. Hear Him, worship Him. Say it with me. Hear Him, Worship Him and nothing will be the same. Would you pray with me this morning? God, I pray over this campus. I pray over every man, 
every woman, every teenager, every child that's in here, Lord God. Father, I pray that they would know that they know that they know that they know that they are loved by you. Lord, I pray that they would know in the deepest recesses of their heart, Lord God, that you want to speak to them personally. That, Lord, your heart is set upon them. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will give us ears to hear you. Whatever lie the enemy would try to speak to us, a lie that says God only speaks to others and not you, a lie that says you're not good enough or whatever it may be, Holy Spirit, I pray you would speak truth to us. And that when we hear, we would trust. And when we hear, we would obey. And when we hear, we would move to what it is that you're calling us to do. Holy Spirit, I pray, give us ears to hear what you would say to us. And we will trust you, we will worship you, and we will follow you. And all of God's people said, Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.